Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know how to navigate the changing marketing jungle. Today, I'm going to be joined by JJ Reynolds, and we're going to talk about how to clearly convey your value to your boss or your clients using data. If you struggle figuring out how to provide proof, if you will, to the people that matter in your work that you are doing really good work, or you struggle even understanding whether your work is really working, you're going to find today's interview absolutely fascinating because we're going to get into the weeds on some cool free tech that's going to make you so much better to your boss or clients. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. I'm still not yet adopting the formerly known as Twitter mandate, whatever thingamajigger. I'm sure some of you understand. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with JJ Reynolds. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by JJ Reynolds. If you don't know who JJ is, he's the founder of Vision Labs, a data agency that helps e-commerce, direct response, and SaaS marketers better analyze their performance. His course is called The Lab, and it helps marketers build better reports. JJ, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Awesome. Yeah, doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited that you're here today. JJ and I are going to explore how to clearly convey your marketing value to your boss, or to your clients with the benefits of analytics. Now, before we go there, JJ, I want to hear your story. How'd you get into analytics? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah. So back when I was a child, now the the biggest thing that brought me up is I actually started in video. So I was a I was a videographer of my first job was creating video promotional videos for wineries. Oh, cool. This was back when Facebook was like super cheap to spend money on. And so I was actually a video creator, would make videos, do all those types of things, mostly for wineries in the Napa Valley. Then realized there was this boost button underneath the, the videos that popped up, started hitting that button back when that was super cheap and you'd spend a dollar and reach like 20,000 people. And you're like, this is amazing, uh, especially for local businesses, right? Like wineries in Napa Valley. Started to spend more and more money on the Facebook ads because people didn't know what to do with the videos that I was making. I could edit them. I could do whatever else. This was, And I could do a lot of things with those videos, but they were like, what do we do with it? Put it on our website? And so then it would get buried on the About Us page of a winery's website. So I started spending more and more money on Facebook. Eventually got a job running Google ads and Facebook ads at an agency mostly in the solar space, but was running a lot of dollars through ads across mostly the West Coast. 
realized that most businesses had no idea what they were doing with their numbers. They would rely on the agency or rely on somebody to tell them the numbers. And then that agency was kind of living or dying by whatever they could come up with telling a story. If you could sell the sizzle of like, we'll make you like, this is the slow period. We're going to make you a lot of money in the future. Like you could get a lot more churn and burn clients that way. Uh, decided that agency life wasn't for me and went out on my own running Facebook ads, Google ads, but everyone kept coming to me for more reporting and data. And so I started pro tip to anybody who's a contractor or in that stage of a business is I separated my line items in my invoices to Facebook ads and then data. And so they were like, the data part's awesome. We're going to go to another like larger agency that can do more throughput, et cetera, et cetera. But we want to keep you on for the data piece. Ah. And realized that people still wanted that more and more and then started to build an agency around it. And that is where Vision Labs is formed. And now we do this with a small team, about seven people for agencies, for consultancies, for large companies and small companies, everything in between. And we also teach people how to do this inside of the lab, inside of Vision Labs. That is the semi-abridged, the medium-length story there. Love it. When did you go off on your own? Approximately what year was that? Yeah, about six, seven years ago. So whatever. Uh, math is mathing, like 2015, 16. How did you know when you went out on your own, at what point did you decide, okay, I don't want to just be a consultant anymore. I want to actually start an agency. I'm just curious what the pivot point was there. Yeah, that was about two years ago, honestly. <laughs> I was I was doing myself and then had some contractors. And then I realized I could never be offline. I could never go on a backpacking trek or anything like that. And I was like, I need to have somebody else I can rely upon that I can be gone and they can be gone and whatever else. So that was kind of the the pivot, the pivot point for me. Very cool. All right. The reason I'm asking is because we have lots of people listening who are consultants and who work for agencies. And it's always, we have a whole nother show called the marketing agency show where we kind of zoom in on that kind of stuff for those that are curious about that. So, okay. We talked about your story and a key part of your story is you started actually charging for analytics, for analysis, if you will, separate from the ads work that you were doing. And you started to notice that marketers found a lot of value in that. Now, a related question is there are marketers listening right now who struggle to convey to their boss or to their clients what their actual value proposition is. And why should they listen to us today? What's in it for them basically to keep listening? Yeah. So if you are a marketer, most likely you have outputs, meaning you write emails, those types of things. You maybe post on Facebook, you do blogs, whatever. And you can be judged from your boss or your clients or whatever about how many of those you do. But if you're only judging on that and you're not having the results that those are providing, you lose all the the value of what you bring to the table because there will be somebody else out there that will do 10 blogs for $10 in 10 days. And so then if you're judging, if you don't have any way to back up your data, you're going to be like toast because the other people are doing it for $10. Why am I paying you a salary? And if you can't convey that value, you end up a lot more, not, not really sure what you're doing. So kind of what I'm hearing you say is this is almost like job security for lack of better words, right? If you are able to understand your metrics well enough, And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, obviously, as we go through this interview. But if you are able to understand your metrics and prove to your boss, to your clients, to whoever, that the work that you do is helping the business in a a measurable way, 
what you're hypothesizing is this will be very valuable because my guess is a lot of these people aren't able to necessarily, when I say a lot of these people, I don't just mean the marketers that are listening, but their bosses also, right? Aren't savvy enough to know that the work that you're doing is actually incrementally in helping the company, right? Yeah, exactly. Like at, at the end of the day, what you have to do as a marketer is say, this is my plan. This is how I want to achieve that. And here is the outcome of what the plan was. And the closer your plan can achieve the outcome that you intend for the plan, the better you are as a marketer because you're able to do that and hit that mark consistently. And if you're off that mark is when the data starts coming into play, right? When What happens when it doesn't work and how do you tweak things and don't just throw the whole baby out with the bathwater and say, ah, all of social media is dead or hey, all of like the internet doesn't work, right? Like that, that's obviously not true. So you have to kind of hone that in using those data points to improve what you're doing. Another reason people should keep listening is because even if you're not super analytical, we're going to talk about a way that you can convey data, right? To people, no matter who they are in a way that they can receive it, right? Which is perhaps the most important part, right? Like talk to me a little bit about like the mistakes before we get into this, right? The wrong data to the right person could have the wrong result. Am I totally right on that? Absolutely. Too much data is the problem today. Every single platform on earth gives you data. That is not the hard part here. The, the hard part is asking a better question and having a better action that you can take. And if you can do that consistently through like a framework or a process or internal thing, like you will be way above the competition, way above anybody else. Perfect. Okay. So, Looker Studio is what we're here to talk about. And I'll just say Looker Studio is a Google product that I understand is free. And talk to us a little bit about what is Looker Studio and what does it make possible? Yeah, so Looker Studio is Google's free product that is a dashboarding tool. Business intelligence, if you want to get real fancy with it. Basically, that tool of Looker Studio allows you to connect to data sources, meaning the data, the raw data somewhere else in the world. You can have that in a Google Sheet. You could have that in Google Analytics. You could have that. There's a bunch of default connectors, but there are also other connectors out there to get pretty much anything like HubSpot or things like that. And Looker Studio allows you as the marketer or data person to hone in the reporting that you want to do. So do you want to have sessions? Do you want to have form submissions, qualified leads? non-qualified leads. You can have all of that in one location for you to like look at, make a decision and get back to marketing or build a report for your boss or whoever might be the stakeholders. Yeah, and we should clarify that Looker Studio used to be called Data Studio. And for some of you are like, oh, okay, I know what Data Studio is, right? But we should also clarify that Looker Studio is the improved version, right? It is improved since the Data Studio days for those of you that have messed around with Data Studios. Let's talk about some of the integrations. You and I talked about Google Analytics 4. We talked about YouTube. And this is all when we were prepping for the show. Google Ads, HubSpot. But you also mentioned Stripe, Facebook. What are some other, is it almost any data source that has an API potentially could be plugged into this thing? Yeah. So the biggest thing to think about is you have data. That's like Stripe data, HubSpot data, anywhere else. You then have to store that somewhere. So that could be a Google Sheet, right? Google Sheet, hey, there it is. And then you connect that to the visual. And so you can use, there's a lot of connectors out there that will get data from any API under the sun. 
and put that into a Google Sheet or into BigQuery if you're getting real fancy. It just depends on the size of company that you are or have it directly connect to Looker Studio. Some connectors just will say, we'll get that data via the API right when you refresh the report. You just have to wait a few more seconds and we're not even going to store it anywhere. We're just going to fetch it right when you load the report. And so there's a lot of ways to do it. But basically, to your point, anything with an API, if we're getting real nerdy here, allows you to pull that data into that reporting system. And what can you do? I know we're going to try to describe into words, but what can you do just so someone in their mind can have a visual picture of what this might look like, right? Because first of all, I think everybody's excited about the fact that you can pull all these data sources, not just Google data sources, right? But what are some of the very simple things that you could do with something like this, like maybe landing pages? What could you do with a landing page or a campaign? Yeah, so you can pull any metric for it. If you like go to our site, like you, there's a lot of demos that we have about what is possible. Your imagination is really what holds true. So what we like to do for landing pages or sales pages is have, we call it the foresight system of a data collection system. So you know how many people view the pricing table or know how many people view the FAQs and things like that. So you can improve those sales pages. So Looker Studio allows you to hone that question of what you're asking of the data and build out reports that are super, super actionable for what phase of business that you're in. Very cool. Okay. So there's some people listening right now that might be like me and say, well, can't I do a lot of this already in Google Analytics 4? So what does Looker Studio do that Google Analytics 4 either isn't good at or cannot do? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing with that is visualizations. If you go to like our website, visionlabs.com slash demo has like a, it's our actual agency data. Like we publish our real data there and you can see all of the different types of things you can do. Say that URL one more time, just in case. Yeah, visionlabs.com slash demo. Okay. It's an ungated report on Looker Studio that you can look at and it is our real data from our agency. And so you can see everything that we look at, that's how we make decisions and you can see everything there. And so that is what's possible where you can say, I want to have a big, beautiful funnel of how many impressions were served across all platforms, Facebook, Google, whatever, anything else. You want to divide that by paid versus organic. And then maybe you have your organic with your return of how many people bought from organic, divide that together. Now you have like a CPM equivalent, right? Like it's not really a cost per thousand, but like the equivalent cost per thousand of Facebook ads versus Facebook organic. And then you, now you are asking questions that are pertinent to your organization as opposed to just what Google gives you. Like that's the biggest takeaway is that you can hone that question in that you and your company, which is unique and special, can act on as opposed to Google who's serving the mom and pop shop at the corner and at Nike, right? And everything in between. So that you can focus that in on your business's needs. Okay, I like this. So what I'm hearing you say is you can run visual real-time reports for lack of better words, right? And some people that are listening are like, okay, well, I know you have your report available. Does this mean it's open for the world to see? Can you restrict who gets access to these reports? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So you can share with just people whose emails you have. So saying, hey, like susanbanthony at gmail.com gets access. And then you can just kind of have a running list there. You can also share it publicly. Like that's what you're looking at right now. If you're stopped on the side of the road listening and pulled up visionlabs.com slash demo, you could then see that that's publicly available. So there's the whole suite of like variants in between that. And 
Google is probably going to start rolling out even more options. Like maybe you just whitelist certain domains. So anybody who's logged in via whatever website.com is allowed to see that. But right now you can kind of control by email. You can also control edit access on the back end if you have a team of people who are editing things versus just one person. If you want your clients to view things or edit things, really flexible there. How easy is it to actually create something custom because we all know Google Analytics is like flying an airplane almost, right? You go in there and there's a million options and you got to remember where to go and all that kind of stuff. And you don't necessarily want to give everybody access to that because then they get access to everything. You don't want that, right? And what I love about what you're sharing here is you can completely customize what metrics you choose to show to who, but is it blank slate? Like, uh, like working with like Photoshop and having to draw pixels, or is it more like Canva where you've got some pieces you can drop in there? Like, how does that work? It's the Canva equivalent, right? Like you're not having to write any code to build a visual, right? You're not having to do anything. You're not having to ever look at HTML or CSS. So that's fine. You have control that is reined in by the user interface, but you can customize it. Very much like we've got reports that we've built for billion dollar companies, a hundred million dollar companies and million dollar companies. And the the beauty of Looker Studio is that you can really customize how it looks and what you want without having to have a developer with like any marketer should be able to use it. Is it possible that even marketers might want to consider using it for themselves? Because there are some people listening right now that might get overwhelmed or even a little bit of anxiety when they have to pop into Universal Analy- I mean, Google Analytics 4, you know what I mean? And try to figure something out. Is it possible that this could be something that a marketer could replace for the, make for themselves? And is it even possible to send reports out of it, like emails, notifications and stuff like that? You can send recurring emails daily, weekly, or monthly, I think are the options. Really? So you can have that be sent to you of, hey, here's our KPIs that we're tracking. And you want to compare those to the previous week and the previous month. Like not difficult to do. So every day or every week on a Monday, you get an email with that. Super straightforward on that. What about just using it for your own purposes? I mean, do you find that you're not even having to go into GA4 as much anymore? You're just creating reports for yourself? Once you understand how GA4 works, right? Like that's that's the right. core step one, understand how GA4 works. Once you understand that, Looker Studio allows you to be kind of like a sniper where you don't have to look at the entire thing. Like you don't care about the rest of the world. You care about what your impact is, your impact zone. And so you can build that inside of Looker Studio where you have your impact zone that you are applying or maybe your team is and you're like, our goal is to increase landing page to buy rate to cart rate. And then we want to make sure we have that across all channels and all landing pages, et cetera, et cetera. Like you build that report and now your whole team's like, here's our North Star. We don't have to go log into GA4 and like none of our clients ever log into GA4, like ever hard stop. Like I don't think a single one ever does. Can you set up triggers? And you know what I mean by triggers? Like if a certain cost per click falls below a certain thing or goes above a certain thing to automatically send a notification, are you aware if something like that exists right now? You can't right now. You can do colors. So there's a lot of dynamic color coding. So you can basically say, hey, turn this entire uh, page red if okay. the thing turns this. And like we, there's a stoplight style of red, yellow, green. That's really easy. You can customize those colors. So it's not like... Uh, Right. A neon <laughs> weird, like you can keep them on brand, but you can have a lot of stop lighting colors. You can set targets. So you say, hey, our target conversion rate 
for this page is 12% to go whatever. You can set those so you can see Harry above the target, below the target. But there's not like a, hey, email Brian when this does that. It's just, you, you still look at it. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Okay, so we've talked about the benefits of uh, Looker Studio over just analytics in general. Now what I'd love to talk about is the actual metrics that you recommend marketers might want to consider tracking because as we know, you go into GA4, there's a million metrics, right? There's an unlimited amount of metrics and you've got a lot of clients. You kind of know, generally speaking, what most of them care about. So let's talk about like the things that we ought to track inside of a tool like Looker Studio. Yeah, so... This is the framework I'd recommend, guys. Okay, so you have people who saw the thing that you're trying to sell, okay? So that could be viewing an item. If you're in e-commerce, that could be viewing a sales page if you're a direct response, okay? You then have people who engage with it. That could be adding to cart. That could be viewing the pricing table if you're a SaaS, okay? And then you have people who did the thing. They purchased, they became a lead, they did whatever you're trying. So you have three steps, right? People who saw the thing, people who engage with your thing and people who did the thing. <laughs> so now you have those three numbers that you can define however your business is. For e-commerce, view item, add to cart, purchase, right? Super straightforward. SaaS companies, a little bit less straightforward. Direct response, a little bit more or less straightforward, but you get the idea, okay? The beauty of this is you then can break things down by and this is my absolute fate. Once you can grasp this, everybody is like, this is where the money is made. So now you've got your three numbers. You've got, let's just say a thousand people who saw your thing, 500 people who engaged with it and 100 people that did it, bought it. Right. You want to break that down by your traffic sources. So now you can see how Facebook is comparing to Google compared to whatever else. You could break it down by day. So now you know it trending over days or weeks or months. You could break it down by the affiliate partner, right? You can ask these buy questions that you layer on top of those three numbers, people who saw your thing, engaged with your thing, and did your thing. And now you've got a framework to say what buy question is the most impactful by landing page, right? Now you have all the different landing pages that are driving traffic to your site. Maybe it's buy page type. If you're a big blog and you have blogs and you have product reviews, you have everything else, which type is the most useful? So now you've got those three numbers, people who saw it, people who engaged with it, people who did it. 
You could break that down by product, right? If you have 10 products, now you've got 10 little tiny funnels already. You could break it down by things that you can control. How about things like geography? Like let's say you're selling into local marketplaces, right? Or how about things like uh, mobile versus desktop? Can you do that kind of stuff? Yeah. So now you can break it down by mobile versus desktop, right? And the biggest thing you want to ask with these buy questions, as we call them like over inside the lab, they're called buy questions, is what are you going to do? <laughs> if you find that mobile is converting at half the rate than desktop, so what? Like if you're a team that knows what to do, then go fix it. If you don't know what to do with the answer to that question. Don't track it then. Yeah. Yeah. That buy question is for a future related time that you don't have the dev capabilities to adjust mobile, right? So, okay, a couple questions on the buy thing. I'm thinking visually, right? We've got this, for lack of better words, funnel at the top of it. We've got the number of people who saw your sales page. And then we've got whatever our engagement metric is, like 50% scroll or something like that, right? And then we've got checkout or lead generation or whatever, right? And that's the funnel. The buy data, is this like a toggle drop down thing or is this like another page with the exact same data or is this like another chart off to the side help me understand what people would do with that visually yeah so you could have it in a little chart right like you could have it broken down like think of like a excel spreadsheet for everyone who's imagining at home is that you have column one that would be the location and then column two that would be the amount spent and there you go. Now you grab it broken down by location. Okay. Um, you can also have toggles. So it just depends on if you need to have like in Looker Studio. This is the beauty of it is do you have to have that breakdown visible or do you want to isolate it? Right. So that's a kind of a, a differentiation you're going to have to make is if it's visible, that's like a bar chart, right? Where you can see, hey, United States versus Canada versus Mexico versus Argentina, right? Number of sessions on your site versus you have a report and you want to say, I want to just see for United States. We're not comparing it to another country. You're just, I want to see this for United States. You click on it and now you're isolating the entire report to United States data. Okay. So this is where this by delineation could get overwhelming for whoever the end person is that's going to be looking at this report, right? So you kind of hinted, what are you going to do with this data, right? So I would imagine just providing this data because you can isn't necessarily wise, right? So... In my mind, I'm thinking traffic source is an obvious one, right? Because what you can do with that is you can look at Google ads versus Facebook ads versus organic, right? Versus whatever else, affiliate partnerships and stuff like that. And then when you look at all that together, you could say to yourself, all right, clearly the click-through rate or whatever, or the conversion rate on on the Google ads is way higher perhaps than the Facebook ads. Therefore, we ought to maybe put more spend on it. Is that the kind of stuff? that we do with something like this? Yeah, exactly. For everybody like listen, like the, the, the starting point usually is your traffic source, like where is it coming from, and the landing page, right? Those are the two buy questions most people ask. And then you'll get more complex as you kind of strengthen your mind when it comes to data, right? Don't want to overwhelm. Overwhelm is the worst possible thing. So start simple and know what you're going to do. The thing that you have to also layer in here is what are you trying to do? And that's the thing people often forget, especially when you have data analysts, is we just spent, for example, say you're running, you're trying to improve your SEO. Say you spent $100,000, like a big, huge SEO thing for a year. You're like, we're going to go all in on SEO. You hire a part-time person, you get an agency, we're going in on SEO. And then 
your analyst is like, oh, hey, uh, SEO went up 0.1% and our top landing page went up by 3% on this one landing page that is not even that impactful. But if they didn't know you spent 100 grand, like it's useless. Like you have no idea. Like you have to have the intention of what you're trying to accomplish and the outcome of what actually happened. And that's where the buy questions start happening. Because if you know your SEO traffic and you break that down by landing page of just organic, now you're like, okay, these ones are moving. These ones are not moving. We either have to say we're going to focus on the ones that are not moving or dump more gas on the ones that are moving. And now you have a better idea around that. A couple questions. The obvious metrics, I'm putting my analytics hat on, right? And I've spent a lot of time in universal analytics, a little less time in GA4 because I've got a team now that does that for me. But I know that they track a lot of the same kinds of things. Yeah. Typically, when we were looking at the, the efficacy, if you will, of a promotion, we would say things like, how many people did it send to the site? We'd look at how much time did they spend on the site, which is an important metric. And then, of course, what was the conversion? And then what was the cost per conversion? Is time on site still a metric that we can track now in GA4? I'm just curious. Yeah, it is. I would recommend against it. Like I think number of pages per session is probably a better one. Okay. Because the reason why, if anyone who's like, why would you say that, JJ? If you click on a link that opens in a new tab for all you people who like open blank in a new tab, that timer will keep running on the one that you were on. Oh, so it can falsely... Skew. Yeah. It is, if you have like a, a blog post that has external links, it's going to have a way longer <laughs> average time than a page that is all internal links, right? So you're going to have this false sense of security around, oh man, all of our affiliate blogs are doing really good <laughs> for time on site. They're just reading, reading it up. Actually, probably not. Well, let me throw the flip side on that though, because you will notice, I'm sure sometimes when you're running ads, that some of your ad sets, you know, if you're using UTM parameters, will have a really short duration, like less than a second. That might be a signal that's important signal like, hey, these ads are misleading for whatever reason. People thought it was something different and they instantly abandoned. So is that not something to take into consideration? Yeah, it is. But I think if you're going to use that, use engage set. If you're in GA4, folks, now we're getting super nerdy here. Uh, use engage sessions, which is 10 seconds. Oh, that's good to know. Just like a true or false. Like, did they have 10 seconds or not? Ah, okay. Now you can just do sessions divided by engaged sessions. And you've got like the inverse of a bounce rate, like for everyone who was like oh. a bounce rate thing. So people who spent 10 seconds on your site, as opposed to people who did not, whatever bounce rate was, it was a complicated thing. I love that. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I did not know that. So engaged sessions is a natively built in tracking metric in GA4. And it's just like YouTube videos, right? Where they don't start billing you until after so many seconds of view time, right? They consider anything more than 10 seconds to be an engaged user. That's really valuable. Yep. Or conversion action for everyone who's like, you're going to go implement this. It's 10 seconds or a conversion action. So if they fill a form in less than 10 seconds, right? Like, yeah. And you mark, have that marked as a conversion. That's pretty darn rare, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just like an FYI for everybody who like, you could, some people mark things as conversions that like are really fast to do like 50% scroll, but just watch out if you're listening to this and on your computer, going to go smash some buttons. That's the actual definition. Okay. Are there any other kind of more advanced for the data nerds that might be listening, more advanced things that we might want to consider pulling into a Looker Studio report beyond the stuff that we've talked about? I think 
more recently, the most impactful thing that we've seen with businesses that are trying to scale and grow a multi-channel ad spend and everything else is a marketing efficiency ratio, which is basically where you have your ad spend per platform in a table and then your number of new customers on the foot, like basically, so you have, hey, we spent this much in Facebook, this much in Google, this much in TikTok ads. And together we spent $10,000 today. And how much new revenue from new customers did that generate? And then that use that as a ratio. And so it, it takes a lot of like finessing. It sounds easy when I say it out loud, but it's a little bit more difficult to try and pull that together. But that has been really game changing for a lot of CMOs that we work with and directors of marketing who are kind of a higher level to know if we, are we directionally correct, right? Like, are we, we're going the right direction with our $100,000 of ad spend per month. Well, and that's intriguing because it implies that you're connecting to some database behind the scenes to check in to make sure this is not a recurring or existing customer and it's separating it out. And I know a lot of bigger brands have this concept of net new leads, right? Where they're trying to generate leads from their reports and stuff, right? And if they just end up advertising in a newsletter somewhere, for example, and they ended up getting the same prospects coming in to get the lead for the for the resource that's not a new lead that's considered an existing lead right so this is where integrations with these back-end systems comes in handy because somehow they will report whether a customer is an original customer versus an existing customer is that what i'm hearing you say yeah just it's a little bit more complicated because you have to be but is it it's along those lines right? yeah you just have to know is this new person a new person or an existing person who did something of value. Very cool. Okay, so far we've talked about Looker Studio and at a high level how it can create some really cool visual reports. Then we talked about how you can kind of like slice and dice these into tables and charts and stuff based on traffic sources, date ranges, you know, products, geography, mobile versus desktop, and a million other, as far as you can imagine, ideas. And then we kind of got into a little bit of the nuance of like, you know, what are you really trying to achieve? You should really stay focused on whatever the metrics are that you can actually make sense out of and only show the, that data. Now I want to get into the part of the discussion where, okay, we have created a cool report in Looker Studio that hopefully we're starting to use for ourselves. Maybe it's an experimental playground, but now we want to transition to how do I use this? As a marketer working for myself, an agency or a business, how do I use this to now persuade my boss, my clients that I'm actually a worthy investment that they've made in, right? So let's now connect the dots, if you will, metaphorically between the data and the value proposition that we're going we're gonna to try to position this data to. The biggest thing you have to know is what people value right? That's what it comes down to. What do people value? Okay. Yeah. So what is the boss valuing? And like, this is where it might depend on, for example, like what type of company it is, right? Are you working with a big enterprise or like a small business? The smaller the business, right? The more you have to be tied to revenue, hands down. Because if you only have a hundred thousand dollar budget, you can't be too crazy with going the wrong direction. Okay. But what you want to do is try to say what you've done, right? In a report, is what have you done? Number of new blogs, number of new things, what the impact that has made as a whole, and then the outcome to the business. And I mean that impact and outcome sound like the same thing, right? But impact is going to be, it's like, for example, this blog now has 100,000 sessions per month viewing it, right? 
that's the impact that it makes, but not the outcome. Meaning, did it drive any revenue? Did it drive any leads? Usually leads and revenue are kind of the two things that most businesses are caring about. And so if you can do that, right? If you can tie what you're doing to the impact of it happening and the outcome of money or leads happening, you should be able to derive that value back to, hey, I run ads, I run social media, I run these things and telling that story in a way that the person understands and you have to understand their level of data caliber because some people hear one acronym of like CPM and they're like, I'm out, I'm, I'm done. Like no longer am I in this conversation, whereas others want to get really into it with you. Let's go through an example or two. I'm going to throw one out there and then you might have a couple that you want to throw out there. There's always situations where the marketer works for either the CEO or the director of marketing and the director of marketing comes to them and says, I have a new crazy idea. I would like you to go ahead and run an experiment on this idea. How could they specifically create a report after running the experiment, even if the experiment fails to kind of prove the value proposition of what they did? So what I would do is basically try to build a report that goes into saying, this was our hypothesis is that we're going to double down on TikTok. There you go. Yeah. TikTok ads, let's say. Yeah. TikTok ads. Yeah. TikTok ads. Okay, cool. So then you're going to look at that. You're going to say, how much did we spend? Right. That'll be one thing. You'll then say, what is TikTok reporting as far as returns, right? Which is going to be always inflated compared to like what your actual you saw. But then look at Google Analytics. How many sessions did Google Analytics see from those TikTok ads and how many people did that see? So now you've got two data sources, right? We've got TikTok data of what TikTok's saying. We've got Google Analytics data, which Google Analytics is saying. And now we can have a report that will say how much did we spend? How much did TikTok say we got as a return? How many sessions did it drive? And then how many landing pages did we see as far as in Google Analytics and how many of those sessions converted from Google Analytics perspective? Then you layer in those buy questions, right? Of like per day, per week, per month. Like you can layer those in now on top of that. But we've taken two data sources, have one report to look at. And now you can say, hey, boss, we earmarked $10,000 for this experiment. Here's what I think the impact was. And it's a visually compelling story that you've pulled in multiple data sources to do. Well, and, and even if it didn't work, just the fact that you can say, hey, it drove a lot of traffic, but it didn't convert compared to our other campaigns. And that's where you can layer in the other stuff, right? So you could say, look how it compared to, for example, our organic search stuff, right? Then you could ask them, well, what would you like to do with this information, right? Because now you're equipping the boss with the data. Maybe in their mind, the TikTok audience needs a longer period to convert and they want to keep running the experiment. But then you could, I would imagine, give your boss the option to like, okay, do we want to scale back the amount of money and keep it running? Or do we want to accelerate this given the cost per acquisition? That's like a legit example of how someone could do this when their boss is coming to them with an idea. Now let's flip the script. Let's say the marketer has the idea and they're going to be spending the boss's money. You know, Any thoughts on how, would it be the exact same thing or would it be positioned slightly differently? Yeah, I think it'd be very similar. But the only difference there would be is you really want to know what your plan is. I think that's that, that's the goal is that, like to your point, right, is the learning is almost half the value. Right. So you want to make sure you have a plan and then also you have a way of reporting on that plan of did it work, what did, what didn't. Because even if it didn't work, right, say you spent $10,000 and you made $9,000, right, we lost $1,000, it didn't work. Well, which part didn't work? 
right? Now you're breaking down that buy question again and saying, oh, this landing page sucked. Let's send them to the product detail page because they're coming from TikTok. They're hot. Oh, hey, broken down by desktop and mobile. Now, mobile is just absolutely doing terrible. So like we are coming from TikTok, like we've got to be looking at the mobile side of things. And now we've got to invest some dev hours into improving the mobile side. And that's where you can start framing this as like, we did this thing. Hey boss, we've got all of this data that I know what to do with. Like, can I have the responsibility of improving these things? Because my hypothesis is if we do that, this number will go up. There are some marketers listening right now that are going to relate to what I'm going to ask next. They know their marketing isn't working and they're scared to actually have data to prove it because they're concerned that's going to lead to their client or their boss losing confidence in them. In those situations, how ought they use data Because in my mind, I'm like, I would rather have you tell me it's not working and save me money by continuing to do the things that aren't working. But I'm just curious from your perspective, because data is only valuable, I think, when it's either an experiment or a hypothesis or kind of feel like it could be it could backfire on the on the marketer if they're doing a really sucky job. What's your thoughts on that? Data doesn't lie, but people do. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So like that's the saying, right? You can make I can make any number sound good. Like, oh my goodness, look at this. It's like 50% of people did this thing. And you're like, 50% of people, like that seems like a what they like. So data doesn't lie, people do. If you are a good marketer, right? The question isn't around do I have the data? The question is around like what do I do? And if you're a good marketer, you should know what to do. I saw your eyes light up, right? When you saw like, oh, 10 seconds on the site, like that's going to be way more valuable to me. Like now that I have that. And right. if I was to give you a report that showed you the top pages by like people who hit 10 seconds, you're like, I know what to do. Right. Like I know how to go fix this. And if another person who's not a great savvy marketer sees that same report and they're like, cool, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> that's where you run into trouble is like, you don't have a question to start with. So what are you going to do with more data? Nothing. You're going to do absolutely nothing. So you've got to have a question that you're going to dive into and then know what you're going to do with the answer to that question. Because if you don't know what to do, my favorite example of that is lifetime value. Everyone chases LTV. And my favorite thing to do with new clients is say, oh, it's $812. That's your LTV. Now, what are you going to do? Nothing. You're going to do absolutely nothing. So like, unless you're a savvy enough marketer who's like, oh, that's lower than I expected. Let's dive into like why our recurring billing is not working or whatever else. Right. But it's my great litmus. Well, and you know, as I'm thinking, I know that there are marketers who are listening that are just not aware of why their marketing isn't working. Right. And perhaps Looker Studio is the solution to them. Perhaps someone listening to my voice right now is like, this is exactly what I needed. I don't, my eyes roll backwards when I go into Google Analytics. Looker Studio is going to help me identify the the pain points and the challenges in my marketing. And by doing so, I could identify opportunities that I could take to my boss or client and say, hey, you know what? We've been doing this for a long time and it turns out it's not working. And I'm going to show you the data to prove that it's not working. I would like to use this as a catalyst to try something new. I feel like in that case, this could be very persuasive. Do you agree? Yeah, the easiest win is to stop sucking. Right. <laughs> like stop what's not working and ta-da, you've now improved. And I don't know a marketer worth their weight on the planet here that isn't going to thank you for actually stopping them from wasting money, 
right? And sometimes that money might be wasted with an agency. Sometimes that money might be wasted with a directive that came directly from the top because somebody thought it was a good idea, but there was no data behind it, right? So this is where stuff like this can come in really handy. JJ, this has been really, really a fascinating and fun dialogue. If people want to discover more about you and more about any of the resources you've got, first of all, what's the preferred social, if you have one, where they could connect with you? And then second, where do you want to send them to learn more about your company? Yeah, so I'm JJ Reynolds on LinkedIn. Just think Ryan Reynolds, but uh, better looking. (laughs) And then the best way, if you want to check us out, is visionlabs.com forward slash SME. And that's like, we'll put everything there for you. We've got a ton of free resources. We've got like, if you're a person who's like, hey, do this for us, like, We've got that type of thing. We also have a little training program that we run people through that gets you kind of everything that you we just talked about here. So yeah, that's visionlabs.com slash SME. And then forward slash demo is where that free demo is I talked about. That's literally our actual data. Like I use that to make decisions directionally for our company and we have continued to go in the right direction. JJ, I think there's a lot of people that are inspired to go give Looker Studio a chance because of what we talked about today. And hopefully they'll go check you out as well. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 593. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may your marketing keep evolving. See you next time. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.